Captain, the Renegade sub is directly below us. Drop the depth charges. We'll either destroy it or force it to surface. Oh my god! We're all gonna die! Yellow? Murder! Murder! The engine room is struggling! It's filling up with a clear, non-alcoholic liquid! You mean water? Yeah, that's it. We got a pinhole leak and there's no way to plug it. I guess that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a tough spot and I don't know if we're gonna get out. Please remain calm and think of your loved ones. Oh, Mr. Snookums. Oh, I love you so. What are you looking at? Hey, this stupid machine took my money. Mwah. Don't ever change. Sparkle, sparkle. Bart! Pinholy! Dad, the earring could plug the hole. Uh, plug your hole? I mean, Eureka! Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Simpson Tired. I am Dando. I am Mitch. And I'm a very proud father. You know why? Uh, because that's the default setting for most fathers. <laughs> I've taught my son how to do the touch of death. You taught him how to do the touch of death. That's pretty cool. It's great. I just go, Wah. So listeners at home can imagine what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And he just starts moving his hand the same way. He obviously doesn't do the exact same hand gesture, but he tries that's it. Pretty it's cool. amazing. I just say, touch of death. Take him down to the daycare, find some bully babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> you get him. Uh, I'm afraid Elliot's been suspended from daycare. Why? Uh, he was giving children the touch of death. The touch of death. Five children <laughs> died at the hand of your son. <laughs> he actually slaughtered children. We feel that your father's teachings are too literal. Still one of my favourite things in The Simpsons, the touch of death. It's just so ridiculous, but so great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Simpson Tide. I... Thoroughly enjoy this episode. Now, it's one of those episodes, though, where it's got a story, but it's just pretty much gag, gag, gag. What it reminds me of, it's it's very... You can envision this being a Conan O'Brien episode from, like, season four or five, don't you reckon? Uh, in some elements, yes. Maybe not so much in execution, in that... Um, well, let's get straight into a comment that came in from Daniel... Smith, uh, that he's been going through The Simpsons in order as he's uh, seen them in random order on TV. Is a patron or... What's... Yeah, as patron. Okay, cool. I didn't know where it was from, that's all. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, for the first time ever, he's going through watching chronologically and he's just come up to yep. Simpson tight, so it times in well with the episode. His words, it's a funny episode, but there are several jokes in it that feel like early Family Guy days, weird offshoot jokes and random sequences like the 32nd in the Navy sequence. Um, he didn't say that as a negative, it was more just a comment that it was a you know, for him, it felt like a big shift in the tone. And there were a few jokes for me that were really shoehorned in and not, like, there was no natural transition whatsoever. Um, I feel like Bar Conan, Barney having a picture of Homer in a dress, one of them, because that was just ridiculous. Yeah, that was definitely one of them. The deer hunter sequence was really messy. It is. It's still so memorable, though. It's one, it's one of those things that's such a quotable episode. But like I said at the start, it doesn't, the story doesn't flow so great, but it's just a bunch of gags that mm. are funny in their own right. But I can understand what you're saying where 
Family Guy is very much, remember that time when this happens? It's not really a flaw of yeah. story. It's just gag, 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 gag. It's introduced from nowhere and then it happens. So, like, a lot of the time in the in the past where we've had Mo running his schemes out the back, like, it just, it's a, it's just a, it's there. It's just a thing that happens and it's very funny. As opposed to this one going, it's just like the deer hunter. Deer hunter, that reminds me. Like, like uh, yeah. Like, it could have just been smoother. The panda one's kind of similar to that, though. Oh, that reminds me. Get him out of here. It's not because someone said, geez, that reminds me of the time I had a pet panda. Or like, you know, something like that. Hey, Mo, didn't you just get an order in from China? But yeah, it's and there are a lot of moments here where I kind of rolled my eyes, but then I sort of just try to take the stance of, it's one of those episodes where you just got to switch your brain off and just try and laugh. And that's pretty much what I did here. Yeah. Like... I did feel that the episode was made with a lot of very clear love for movies like Stripes, uh, Down Periscope, um, Crimson Tide, obviously. Like, they did a really good job of fitting in the kind of tropes that you get in those sorts of movies. Like, we get the haircut montage, we get the drill sergeant, we get the actual kind of tension of what's going on in the submarine, depth charges. We've got the guy, like the sonar guy. Every submarine needs a good character actor. Every submarine movie needs a good character actor on the sonar. Not every submarine. If you have a character actor on a submarine, that submarine is probably not going to come back up above the water. One thing we didn't get actually was the training montage, I don't think. Did we? Not a training montage, no. But that's fine. I'm happy with that being cut for the sake of... The, everything else that they fit in. We've already had that with Deep Space Homer anyway. Yeah, exactly. They would have been kind of repeating themselves. And not only Deep Space Homer, but um, uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Now, what did you think? So, for some reason, I always remember this being the one where a lot of people from Springfield go and join the Navy with Homer. It's just Mo, Barney, and Apu. And, like, Mo and Barney, they get referenced. Apu you never see again. What was the point in having him mm. to go? Like, what, what? You wouldn't realistically think that Apu is just going to. And I guess this is like season nine or post season nine sort of story where you just get Apu for the sake of a joke, saying, you know, it's against my religion, but religious beliefs or whatever, but I'm going to do it as well. I'm going to join, join the uh, Navy with that's, you. But he joins yeah. it and then he's never used again. No, I th- and that's pretty much it. Like, he fits there purely for that joke and because I think the deer hunter has four people and not three, if I'm okay. not mistaken. It would have been better having like Carl or Lenny or something, you know. Just why was a poo even there? Yeah. Um, or how hard would it have been to have written him or to have drawn him into a scene on the boat? Like there are yeah, background exactly. characters included him somehow in that room. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I do agree with you that overall it is a funny episode. Like I, you know, I laugh at a lot, and it's an episode that I, um, I, I didn't remember, you know, minute by minute, but I did remember really enjoying this as a kid when it came out and. That's it's probably one of those ones that there's a disconnect between the way you might review it critically versus the way you just sit down and enjoy it. Now, the, the story uh, is a lot of the references are Crimson Tide references, but the, the actual overall story of Homer joining the Navy was pitched before that movie came out. They actually had no idea about the movie Crimson Tide. But once the film came out, okay. they then worked those references into the episode. Well, beyond the title, there's actually not a huge amount that really directly... Yeah, Gene Hackman is Captain... Well, he doesn't play the guy in the show, but but like he's ba- he's based on Gene Hackman's character and whatnot. Was he? Yeah, not much. <laughs> like I love Crimson Tide. I didn't pick up much of a Gene Hackman vibe from this. Was Crimson Tide's got the? Is that War Games Crimson Tide or it's just tension, isn't it, about sending off nukes? 
Uh, well, yeah, Crimson Tide is where they get a nuclear order through, but they don't get the order completed, so they can't authenticate it. So there's a, mm. a coup for leadership between Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman, Denzel being the 2IC, who's on the boat for the first time saying, we can't give that order. Hackman being the man, like the captain who's been there for a long time, taking the point of view of, as far as we're aware, as far as we know, nuclear weapons like we are currently at nuclear war and every minute that we sit here doing nothing we're causing damage to the country um so uh, like yeah it's a real kind of power battle um war games is down periscope with kelsey grammar yeah 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 so i i I always saw this as more of a down periscope parody as opposed to crimson tide yeah probably like in not even necessarily parody, but like because Down Periscope is a comedy already, there's a lot more that it has in common with this. Yeah, Just yeah. like they they exist in the same universe. And Down Periscope, it's dated in a sense, but I watched it about three months ago. It's still really funny. I will defend Down Periscope to my dying days. <laughs> it's, I know that that's not the best movie ever made. I know that there are many comedies that are much better, but I just... I just like it. There's something about it that just hits my sweet spot. I think it's Kelsey Grammer. I think that's largely what it is. Uh, I also, like, you know, the, the fact that his sonar guy is so good that he can count the amount of change that gets dropped on the other submarine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so great. Uh, now, the whole storyline about the Bart with the earrings. So this is a take on around about this time, many kids had earrings. I can remember a lot of my mates getting earrings. I never did. Were you one of the kids that got earrings? No, God, no. I remember my dad having an earring for an awkward period. And it, uh, like I didn't look up at that as being a cool thing. I was like, why do you have that? Um, I haven't known too many men, especially especially white guys that have been able to pull off an earring. Like Michael Jordan, wear an earring, that's fine. You're fucking Michael Jordan. You look cooler than 99% of the people on the planet. But I don't... There aren't many times that I've looked at it and went, yeah, good look. Remember Shane Warne having the Nike earring and bleached blonde peroxide and you just... You really cringe when you look back at those photos. Shane Warne, like circa 96 through 99, say, is like the 90th thing you'll ever see. Yeah, Shane Warne and Shane Heal going to a um, <laughs> going to a Lone Star restaurant together in acid washed denim, and those like baggy white t shirts that just had weird triangles on them in different colors. That's that's about as nineties. There's an actual it, photo. No, but I was just trying to imagine like if it was the most nineties thing ever, um, with like a waitress on rollerblades blowing bubble gum in the background. And Shane Warne holding up a copy of Spice Girls' Wannabe. <laughs> Spice World. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So great. Uh, now, what did you think of Rod Steiger's uh, portrayal as Captain Tennille? I actually thought he was really great. He's not in it as much as I remembered, but for the time he's on, he's, he's so likable. He is, yeah. It was one of those ones where I was watching it, at, particularly early on. I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be another great one-time-only character that I've forgotten? And not included. Uh, I don't think it quite hits those heights because he gets very limited screen time. Mm, but yeah. uh, I loved the back and forth about the peas in peace. That was really funny. And I also really loved his opening address. I'm a man of few words. That's it. <laughs> now, one of, one of my favorite one of my favorite moments is his response to Homer's poop deck question. 
promote that man. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's so oblivious, but he's also so, I don't know, like homely. Like he's, he's like a father figure. He's just so, so such a nice guy. Clearly, mm. clearly an idiot. And even he admits that, you know, he's got um, nitrogen bubbles on his brain or whatever. So he's, he knows he's not all there, but he's just such a, such a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank God it's only war games that he was in charge of. <laughs> not an actual sub. Well, well I suppose true. it is an actual sub, but not a sub in actual war. Well, until Homer takes over, of course, yeah. Mm. Uh, what did you think of... I think the most memorable quote from this whole episode, in my opinion, is the, it's my first day. Would you uh, agree? Yes, it's I would. Really the, funny. That was the main thing that I remembered looking back to it. I'll tell you one thing that has aged for me in a bad way. So, it's my first day in the multiple languages. Very funny. Quack, quack, quack. Loved that when I was a kid. Not so much now. I found that as well. I I remember that being my favourite part of that whole scene. And when I watched it this time, I went, oh, I didn't really laugh. Mm. didn't really find that that funny. Yeah, Yeah, like that was an example of, uh, you know, we praise The Simpsons so often for being able to pitch at both a young audience and an old audience at the same time. But that's one that they've definitely just written that joke for kids. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, completely. But it was just one that, yeah, it really struck me when I was re-watching it going, huh, well, that's not the reaction I had when I was 12. It's great that they uh, plant the seed for that at the very start of the episode, though. Mm. But you would have no idea. Yeah, that that is a, a really good uh, setup and callback. Hang on, I just heard some shenanigans in the background there. What was that? <laughs> I can't believe you heard that. Ash, whatever you just dropped was loud enough for Dando to hear through the microphone. <laughs> Is she okay? Uh, I, uh, she's probably buried under a bunch of pots. <laughs> Did you get you a okay? response? Um, she's just opened the door. She looks in pain. Oh, you, Is You're she right? actually okay? Yeah, what was it? It was a saucepan. A sauce? It sounded like several saucepans. Pardon? I know you're clumsy. I feel like sometimes clumsiness could be a choice. <laughs> oh, I've said the wrong thing, Dando. I got the face. You got the look. <laughs> I love you, Ash. <laughs> uh, do you need a catch or sleep on tonight? Yeah, the one I'm recording on. I think I just yeah. heard the door. I heard the door lock from the other side. I'm trapped in here now. <laughs> you realize she's going to beat you to death in your sleep with that said saucepan tonight. <laughs> Now, this episode was also the last episode that was co-produced by both Al Jean and Mike Reese together. Al Jean would become a showrunner from season 13 onwards, I believe. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like this one here, it does, for me, it does have that earlier season wackiness vibe to it. Like, I, for some reason, I always just think of like Marge versus the Monorail. I feel like this is the season nine equivalent of Marge versus the Monorail. It's just mm-hmm. absurd. But Marge vs. Monroe has a more consistent story, a more it flows better, like you said, I guess. Yeah, but I, I get what you mean about the absurdist kind of comedy, like a, a man being launched out of a torpedo tube and imprinting a submarine, um, you know, a tiny earring being used, like it's kind of very uh, very much like the yeah. M lodging in the donut to fix things. And they're the kind of things that you just don't think of as a kid. Like, of course, an earring fills a pl- like plugs the hole. <laughs> yeah, of course, the entire pressure of the Pacific Ocean wouldn't push this little stud back out through a hole. <laughs> um, so required get, get no, some of the get, sorry go. required no welding whatsoever. <laughs> it's just, no, I'll put that in there, and that will stay. Now, should we get to our favourite moments? I've already mentioned one of mine with the promote that man. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I, I'd already mentioned one of mine with the peas and peace. Okay, uh, cool. Yep, yep. That yep. was that was just that was really top notch comedy writing. Another one of the moments though for me in that scene that I didn't laugh as much as I used to was the whale call being Homer. Ah, uh, I giggled. It was yeah, weird that they did just, it twice. I used to think it was great though, you know. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I also loved Homer clapping for the light and then just throwing it out the window. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. Um, I really liked. I didn't like the fact that it continued like when Lennon started speaking, but Lennon punching his way out of the glass case was very funny. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Homer's file photo. It's just like dressed in Soviet <laughs> Russian. I told him that it'd come back to haunt him. Like that's a really good example of how to introduce something from nowhere and make it funny. Um, yes. But my absolute favourite thing of this entire episode, and I honestly couldn't even explain why, was just Homer's constant reference to Mr. Mo. <laughs> and, and I didn't realise he was doing it until Mo called it out. <laughs> oh, didn't you? No, it was the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's fucking brilliant. Like, I don't know why. It's just, it sounds so unnavy to be calling someone Mr. But yeah, then true. Mr. followed by the first name, and it's someone that he's known for... Well, you know, the duration of this show. Someone well, he's known. If, if, yeah. if you watch the later later episodes, later seasons, he's known him since he was a child, basically. Since okay. He was very well, yeah. Gotcha. Suddenly, because he's in a uniform, it's Mr. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> and my other favorite moment is Mo, but it's when they're thinking of their loved ones. Oh, Mr. Schnookums. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those moments again, like where Mo, he's just a, he's a sweetheart when he wants to be. From this day forward, your name shall be. Now, new names for the episode. I've gone with a with a simple one, basic one. Just gone Homer and Commander as opposed to Master. Okay, yep. That'll work. Uh, I, oh, hang on. I didn't write mine down. I thought of it. Substandard leadership. I approve. That is very Thank good. Thank you. Good. That's all I need. Your approval oh. is what I crave. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word, crave. Uh, what have the patrons sent in this week? Give us your five best. Top five. Uh, it's very rare that I allow a dough pun to get in because if we, I think I've said this last week, or I certainly thought it, that if we let the patrons name the episodes, every single Simpsons episode would have dough in the title. But yep. Jason, Jason Charles with The Hunt for Red October, Mike Bevan, War and Peas, Kenny Gad, Homer S.S. Impson. Okay. Is that written with dot dot? Uh, oh, well, it's just S.S. as yeah. its own capitals and then yep, Impson yep. as its new word. Cool. K- Kieran Love, Run Simpson, Run Deep. And is that a play on? Uh, run Silent, Run Deep. And finally, what have we got? This was in no particular order, but what is your fifth favourite? Uh, my fifth favourite would have to be... Oh, I'm so torn. All the patrons right now listening are going, oh my God, is it me? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I should just leave it at four. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick one. Um... Scott Kyo, The Old Man and The Peas. The Old Man gets used almost as much as dough. It does get used a lot, actually. But I'll, I'll accept it because it makes sense. Captain yeah. was an old man and there were peas. Yeah. Thank you, That's patrons, it. for sending in your new names for this week. If you want to contribute to that segment, you've just got to be a $2 plus patron to join the Facebook group. Now, mm-hmm. Mitch, it's time for... Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia. You kick off this week. Okay, trivia for this week. First question, what flavour was Homer's defence attorney? What flavour? Oh. In his little dream uh, sequence. Uh, well, he was pink, wasn't he? 
Yeah, so you can presume strawberry. Strawberry, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or purple is a flavour. Yes. <laughs> when the captain opens up the tube, what ends up on his head? Ah. Oh. Uh, so, like, donuts and beer bottles fall out. I didn't pay attention to what was on his head. A pink donut. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, what magazine was Lisa reading when Homer sees the ad to join the Navy? Fuck, I did look at this and I remember chuckling. What was it? It was the uh, was it the Junior Skeptic magazine. Junior Skeptic, that's it. It was kid. I thought it was kid something. Uh, where does Mister Sulu say he was taking the sub? Rigel goes, Seven. I mean home. Rigel Seven. Yes. Now right, what is that? Rigel Seven. Uh, well, is it's Rigel Kang Seven Kodos a Star Trek planet. reference? Oh yeah, Kang Kodos. I was gonna say like I heard that and I was like, I don't know if that's Star Trek or if that's Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's going. To, maybe he knows. Well, obviously, he's a Star Trek reference, but him being there. But mm. yeah, he knows where Kane and Curtis are from. My final question is: What was the um, uh, uh, slogan for one of a better word for the piercing, like the the piercing parlor that Bart goes uh, to? It, if it hangs, we can pierce it or something. Uh, close. We can put a hole in it. Funnier. If it dangles, we'll punch a hole in it. If it dangles, yes. Okay. And finally, for me. If you just think about it for a second, you should get this one if you don't know it off the top of your head. What was the name of the submarine that Homer becomes the captain of? Oh. Think about it. Think about who's in charge, where it's from. USS something. USS Springfield? No. One more guess. USS... Important figure. Mo. Jebediah. <laughs> ah, okay. That's cool. And that is the trivia for this week. Alrighty, before we get into a review, we're going to do this little thing called the uh, Patreon mailbag time. Now, I asked the patrons for episode-specific questions. I'm going to pick my, th- I'm going to pick three, as I did last week. I'm going to go going forward. We're going to pick three of the best questions. So I'm going to pick okay. here. Harrison McClure has said, "Did you guys ever get a bad piercing or adopt a bad fashion trait, hairstyle in your own younger days? I, for one, used to use." I, for one, used to try rocking a paisley bandana when I was a teenager, and it looked awful. Aww. I had the... I know, terrible. I used to have the um, part down the middle bowl cut, like the Backstreet Boys, like Nick Carter. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that was me, like, 97, 98. When, when Backstreet Boys, when they were back, I had that haircut. Mm. Yeah, not good. You look back, look back now, and fat kid with that hairstyle, mate, is just not something to look at. Yeah. Uh well, as we've established, no, I never had any piercing. I did have a procession of terrible haircuts when I was a younger child. Like, you know, when I was three or four, I had a mullet. I had a bowl cut when I was about eight or nine. You had a um, mullet? I can envision like a picture of you in the backyard with nothing on but your gumboots just rocking a mullet. <laughs> um, it was like one of those really full-bodied mullets. So not like shaved at the side, long at the back. It was more of like, yeah, oh, how do I even... You know those orange stack hat bike helmets? Imagine that but hair. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Do you mean the, uh, you mean the black ones that had the rainbow down the side? Those hats? No, I mean the ones that were all orange and they had a little bit that came down the back. Oh the yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I did. So, like, they're ones that I blame on my parents. I did choose to put blonde tips in my hair once when I was about sixteen. Oh, um, I never went. For t- I never went for tips. Just never. Yeah. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was a big fan of Michael Clark, and I got sucked in. Um, Andy Bickle. 
thought I looked good at the time. Poor boy, did I think I looked good at the time. <laughs> oh, we always thought we looked good at the time. I thought I was an absolute stud in grade four with my bowl cut part. Yeah, in the middle, right. Mate. I um, thought I was Nick Carter. And beyond that, like pretty much you could throw a blanket over uh, age 11 through to age 15. Um, I just had a horrific face. So, <laughs> in what way? Ah, uh, just nothing fit. My head was too big for my mouth. My my mouth was too big for my ears. My ears were too small for my eyes. Like everything was out of proportion, and that just meant that no matter what I was wearing, it looked like a bad fashion choice. All right, for the patrons this week, you got to find one of those photos and post it in the group. All right. Uh, okay, can do. <laughs> and I'll try and find the one with me with my hair parted in the middle. It's not good, but I'll yeah, find okay. it. Yeah. Uh, next question. No, that, that'd be ne- nice. It's been. A, I, yeah. I mean, I'd hate to go a week without copying some form of cyberbullying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of bullying, iTunes reviews. Send us through five stars, please. Uh, so we have another question here. Mm-hmm. Andrew Parker. He's saying, if you could do a song and dance number at a job using a popular song, which job and which song would it be? Well, just just imagine it's at your current job. Well, let's just say your last work where you felt uh, more comfortable. Yeah, to be a bit okay. silly. Last work. Um, well, I guess the obvious one is Pink Floyd's Money, given that I used to work in a bank. But what was this? How was your song and dance to that, though? It'd be pretty slow and monotonous, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I just I like to... beat, like, Keep On Moving by Five or something. No, no, but what I was thinking would be, like, just to get the bass and just constantly play that bass line aggressively close to the customer's. So, like, just get right up behind. So, your knuckles are almost touching their back as you're plucking it. Um, you, could, you could actually do a pretty good Congo line to that song, I reckon. It'd be right in unison. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Boom, 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 boom. It'd be perfect. <laughs> um, construction industry would obviously go Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. It seems like... <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine it. all the tradies on the roof just busting yeah. out the chorus. Um, what do you reckon it would be for you? So, like, you work in a business that sells toys or like collectibles um so if you imagine the warehouse staff i guess someone's picking all the toys yeah um what's a what's a toy related song toy story you got a friend in me that's not even remotely it's just it's it's not about toys but it's just yeah it's in the movie toy story what's a song about toys though um i know where if you ask one of the warehouse staff the song would be we've got to get out of this place (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> you could do that for pretty much any job that people would describe. You could. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for the question, Andrew. And finally, finally from Andrew Kelly. Okay, this doesn't read right, but I'll read it anyway. Who would do better living for a year on a submarine for two years? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe, maybe um, he meant or two years. I don't know. Who, who would go better living for a brief, a long say, period of time, extended period of time on a submarine, yourself or I? No, well, I was going to say Doctor Strange because you would need to have a fucking time stone to do what you just asked. <laughs> it's okay, Andrew. We all make mistakes when we're typing. Um, uh, who would do better living for a year or two on a submarine? Surely me. You would. You're a, yeah, think, you're a family man. You've, you wouldn't yeah. be able to go away from Elliot for that long. Yeah, that is true. For uh, pre, pre-family, though. Um, just just imagine we're both single or whatever. Mm. I don't think I could live without the football. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I'd be, I'd be like, you mean for a year I don't have to go outside? Sign me up. Yeah. It depends what, what communication we have. Like, Do we have communication? Do we have the internet? What do mm. we have on this submarine? Anyway, do, we occasionally, it... do we get shore leave occasionally to just, you know, 
pop on the sailor uniform and try our luck. Have you ever? What, what's the last time you wore a uniform? Have you ever worn a uniform? Uh, like, well, not. I mean, I've worn job uniforms, but not uniform uniform. Um, have I ever? Mine would be football have, uniform, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'd, I've never like dressed up as a cop or anything like that. The closest that I've come was like dressing up in um sovereign hill when you when like school excursions went out to sovereign hill oh, and we yeah. had to dress up as school children like a genius idea for a school excursion this was like go to a school from the 1800s and learn and like just go to school that was the trip like, thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> all this fun shit to do at sovereign hill and you got me here reading and writing and they couldn't even give you a photo in color it's fucking black and white yeah exactly or sepia at the sepia if you pay top dollar <laughs> of course. All right. Thank you to the patrons for sending in your questions this week. That is the patron mailbag. All right, Mitch, it's time to get into the review of Simpson Tide. The original air date of Simpson Tide was March 29th, 1998. Now, I need to correct myself. Last week, I said that the number one song in Australia last week, in March 22nd, was All My Life by Casey and JoJo. That is incorrect. That was the number one song this time last uh, in 1998. So in June. Uh, so the actual number one song last week was "It's Like That" Jason Nevins and Run DMC. Banger oh, of a song. Yeah, yeah, good song. Yeah, but this week it was taken over for an extended period of time. This is the first week it was number one, "Never Ever" by All Saints. Tipped over, "It's Like That" this week in Australia in 1998 for the number one position. Hmm, interesting. I don't think I know that one by All Saints. Bullshit! You're kidding, right? Uh, maybe I would if I heard it, but just never, never ever, ever by All Saints. Well, you can say the title over and over again. It's not going to help me. Never ever by All Saints. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's what never ever have ever felt so low. Really? Ah, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I know that song. I, d- I just didn't know it by title. That's all. Yeah, it's fair enough. Fair enough. And he says the chorus in the title. <laughs> Ashes, uh, sorry, Ashes just opened the door. She's in camouflage now. <laughs> She's been in the room the whole time, just waiting oh, for a moment. <laughs> She's got a face mask on, and it looked like she'd come in to assassinate me. <laughs> like I said, the original air date for Simpson Tire was March 29th, 1998. Uh, the chalkboard gag is my butt does not deserve a website. Mm-hmm. And cash, I guess because back then, websites, only things that mattered got websites. Because you can just make a website willy-nilly now, it doesn't matter. But back then, yeah. to have a website was a pretty big deal. It was a bigger deal, certainly. Um, yeah. Websites were still pretty basic, but anyway, yes. Yeah, but yeah. If you had a website, though, you were, you were pretty important. But this would have been, important. back then, that would have been leading into the dot-com boom, where suddenly everyone wanted to get websites, where like people realized, oh, this is how you can do it. So you would get pretty obscure websites, I reckon. I reckon that's, well, yeah. Well, it's the same time, similarly, a few weeks ago when we had Das Bus with Homer, you know, wanting to start his own business, internet mm. business and whatnot. So, it just must have been this period of time, yeah. Yeah. And the catch gag was the um, the parody of Rocky and Bullwinkle. So, we had the music and the design and everything. I thought it was, they did a really good job of this. Yeah, same. Even though I didn't recognize it as a Rocky and Bullwinkle um, straight away. Okay. Because uh, I've never really seen the... I've watched bits of Rocky and Bullwinkle, but I didn't make that connection. So, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, am I right in thinking that's the first parody couch gag? First parody couch gag. Like, it- aside from the Monty Python foot coming down, like, this is the f- this feels like the first one where they've really changed the style up. I'm going to just uh, Google that just to make sure. 
Nah, it's just a list just describes things. I'm just flicking through quickly. Now, mm. yeah, yeah, I think uh, you could be onto something there because that it's not very often they it, they do do this. Yeah, yeah, you, you might you might be right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. I'll, it, just, I'll, it just felt it felt different. It did. Yeah, yeah. And now now I think they just get artists in every second week to do their own um mm. to do their own catch games. We did get the David Letterman one that, at one point, but yeah, it's not really true. a parody. But anyway, well, yeah, like that just had Letterman. It was still in Simpson style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the episode kicks off with what, Mitch? It kicks off with a dream sequence, uh, which I really liked. Kind of uh, aping, well, pardon the pun, aping Planet of the Apes. Uh, you, I, I like this because I could imagine that this would be a dream that Homer would have, and equally because it's a dream that I would like to have. Imagine how great it would be. Being in a place where everyone was edible, yes, it's like the it's like the Willy Wonka room. Everyone except How you. Freaking great would that have been? If you were edible as well, then it'd be no. stressful. But if you oh, were yeah, the no, only no. inedible object in an edible world, ha! Huh. Like, like they could never kill you because you would just eat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everyone would be too everyone would be too scared to come near you to try and kill you because you would eat them. I guess they could try and shoot you. Yeah, a world without uh, guns. Edible, where everyone was edible. Edible bullets. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but what this does, though, this sequence, is it pretty much paves the way, sets the tone of the episode, doesn't it? That it's going to be absurd. It doesn't. Well, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, a dream sequence is kind of allowed to be absurd. So I didn't necessarily think this mm. is going to be super wacky. But it does. Uh, it does help lead into that a little bit. Um, it, it just honestly, it more felt to me like this is a filler joke that could have existed anywhere, and then yeah, were, then it was like a case of. Uh, this episode's running short. Uh, we can chuck this in at the start. That'll fill out our 22 minutes. I thought the big giant donut that eats Homer, uh, the design's very similar to the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, particularly around the mouth. Yeah. Um, but big and body, little little legs. The color? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take your word on that. I- Rancor's pretty much the exact same color. Uh, but Homer's, like you said, dreamy. He's asleep. Uh, Lenny wakes him up. Time for their coffee break. Yeah, I earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me after three hours of sitting on the computer at work. Yeah, that's fair. I want to say, so much happens in the first couple of minutes of this episode. You've got the dream sequence, Homer gets fired, he joins the Navy. It's all within like two or three minutes. Yeah, it does happen really quickly. Uh, this is this is something, by the way, that is now ripe to be made a meme out of with uh, the popularity of Chernobyl. Uh, I would like to have Dyatlov somewhere in the background of Homer trying to make his donut big. Speaking of big... You got another reference to the giant hand man. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Um, someone had uh, only written in recently about one-time only jokes, like characters that have existed just for a one-off joke. And then, uh, like, yeah, the, they included the giant hand man only for this episode to come around and have it point out very swiftly that, yes, he makes a second appearance. Oh, wait, it's this hand. Whoa. I just like the fact that they gave a reason why he has a giant hand because it deserved to be explained. Like, why does this guy have a giant hand? Mm, yeah, true. It's not like I've been stewing on it for he five just years. Up. I'm sick of people making fun of my giant hand. It just, it's just like, why does this guy's hand so big? Actually, yeah, I guess like to at least know that it was a nuclear problem, that he, not just that he it was employed and he had it, like he wasn't just born with the big hand. Yeah. Smithers pulls the donut out. Homer's so proud here. Success. It's, it's, yeah. it's burnt to a crisp. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sir, we found the problem. Some idiot threw this in the reactor core. Success! 
You did this? How could you be so irresponsible? It's my first day. Since I'd never seen you before, maybe it is your first day. Very well, carry on. Ah, uh, sir, that's Homer Simpson. He's been working here for ten years. Oh, really? Why did you think you could lie to me? It's my first day. Well, why didn't you say... Oh, whoa! You're fired! Burns nearly falls for it. <laughs> yeah, I love... I love that as a twist on the who are you or like Simpsonate. Just, well, since I've never seen you before. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I didn't even realize that as well. But uh, yeah, and, and the thing is about this, it's my first day, is Homer knows it's bullshit, but it's the kind of thing where if someone, if you're talking to someone at work and they don't, they don't know you, like a supervisor of some kind from a different department, department and you say that, there's a slight chance that they might believe you and let you get away. Because... Mm. You don't want to fire somebody on their first day. You'd feel like a monster. Uh, yes, you would. Depending unless how bad had, the, the incident is. Yeah, but. unless they had really, really, royally screwed up. Which I think we all have at one point in time. But anyway, Homer gets fired. Um, so he's sitting there on the couch and he's... Watch, what's on TV? Exploitation Theatre or something? The Blackula? Blackenstein? Blackula followed by Blackenstein and the Blunch Black of Blotra de- Blam. Now, did you see the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame's getting a live-action... Reboot as well. Oh, Another really? one of those Disney films, yeah. Who's playing the hunchback? Uh, no one knows yet. No one knows. But um, it should be interesting. You're saying that there's an audition? Ooh. I, uh, I do <laughs> well, now that you've got a desk job. <laughs> I've never had the best hunch. posture in the world. No, We've already established that my face, my face was fucked. You knew your name was Quasi. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Who else would I be? Esmeralda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now the guy who voiced this announcer and the guy who voiced um, the drill sergeant was Michael Carrington. Uh, he wrote, he co-wrote the episode Homer Stripper Bypass. He only did the mm-hmm. one episode, but he also voiced. I'm trying to remember, uh, Sideshow Raheem, and the comedian that goes, "Black guys drive like this." Ah. That guy, yeah. Okay, cool. So as they go to announcer, yeah, a little bit of a tidbit there. Um, we get the Navy commercial. Daybreak, Jakarta. The proud men and women of the Navy are fighting for freedom. But you're in Lubbock, Texas, hosing stains off a monument. You're in the Naval Reserve, America's 17th line of defense between the Mississippi National Guard and the League of Women Voters. After basic training, you'll only have to work one weekend a month. And most of that time, you're drunk off your ass. Now, I wonder how true this is. Because the Navy Navy are the butt of a lot of jokes in The Simpsons and in other forms of media. Is it as slack as they like to make it out to be. Like, why Why is there this stigma about the Navy? I don't know. All I know is I'm the least qualified person possible to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> if there's someone out there in the Navy listening right now, let us know. Like, do you cop shit from people who are in some other form of um, mm. law, law enforcement? Because you just, I just find that, that people in the Navy just seem to be the butt of jokes when it comes to different forms of um, like the Army. Do you reckon that's... I reckon part of it might be because if you're in the Navy, my assumption is you've got a lot more downtime. Like, if you are, say, stationed on a battleship, like, yeah, you've got a lot. There's stuff to do, obviously. But unless... Like, I, I just feel like there'd be a lot of time where you're just left to your own devices. Like, how many times can you scrub a deck before you just go, you know what, I'm going to go play cards. Call me when a war breaks out. Like... Whereas in the army, you're digging trenches, you're like you're setting up radio towers. A man's work is never done. This is another assumption, obviously, because I've never been in any of those things. But 
I feel like being in the Navy, you wouldn't have to be as physically fit. Would that be wrong to assume? Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I don't like. I don't know, but <laughs> I assume that they're still trained to a pretty high standard, even though it's yeah. less likely that you're going to have to go for a hike on, in the ocean. <laughs> but, um, but like even movies that are pro Navy still include a whole bunch of time where the guys are doing not Navy shit. Like you get any movie set in the Marines, and it's just. From start to finish, it's just fucking... Shenanigans. Yeah, well, not shenanigans, but it's go, go, go. It's training, it's push-ups, it's running up hills, it's carrying guns, it's crawling under barbed wire. It doesn't stop. You take Top Gun, which is the most pro-Navy movie of all time, and it's riding motorbikes and playing volleyball. That was in Tom Tom Cruise's contract, that's why. I ain't doing push-ups, motherfucker. Yeah, and having, like, silhouetted sex. Like, that's that's (laughs) Navy. (laughs) That's uh, Frankenfurter. Yeah. Or like you take... um, What's the movie with Owen Wilson where he tried to be an action hero? Um, Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines, yeah. Yeah. Pro-Navy movie. In the opening five minutes, they're setting up like the the things that launch the planes to kick a football and like try to catch it as it comes back in the wind. (laughs) Like it's... Even in Under Siege... They're getting strippers and cakes. <laughs> like, Navy, the Navy just seems to be having time to, for fun <laughs> all the time. Instead of Wolf of Wall Street, it's just like Wolf of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> That's a movie. Homer, watch. Homer decides he's going to join the Navy because Lisa says she'll sort of be proud of him. Uh, he fills out the form and we get a reference to the, you know, you can't, he can't ask if you're a homosexual. It's another one of those sort of dated jokes. There's a couple of those in this episode, but anyway. Yeah, but it was topical of- at the time. So, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, yeah, whatever. It's just product of its time. Moving along. So Homer's then in bed um, and Marge is just not too sure about Homer joining the Navy, whether it's a good idea, which is understandable because Homer's a blithering idiot and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be signing up at all. But it's, just, it's also Marge is just concerned that she doesn't want Homer going into combat. Yeah, that's and that's a fair point. You Like, you know, a wife would be, as I assume a husband would be. A, a partner would be. Yes. Anyone that loves someone would be. Yeah, I remember when Nicola was considering becoming a police officer again here. I just don't think I could handle it. I don't think I could go to bed at night and sleep knowing that Nicola's out there potentially being shot at. I just don't think I could do it. You guys got to move out of North Geelong. <laughs> I mean, I really don't think this Navy thing is a good idea. What if you get called into combat? Not to worry, honey. We live in a highly technological age where fighting a war is as simple as turning off a light. We don't have a clapper. Sorry, can't hear you, Marge. I'm clapping. Nighty night. I love that it waits, it pans outside, and then you get a couple of extra claps, and then he throws it out. (laughs) And then it goes. Yeah, that was perfect timing. And I'd like to know how much time that spent being workshopped to get the exact right number of claps to make it you know, the most amount of funny. Then Homer's at the bar that most saying pretty much saying his goodbye because, you know, he's gonna be going away for a while. And they say, Well, where are you going? We're gonna to join too. We ain't gonna let you do it by yourself. And then for no reason, here's a poo. Yeah. But anyway, um I guess the joke the joke of a poo being there's not even that funny. It just sets no, up the deer hunter thing, like it, you said. Well well it sets up the deer hunter and I guess if anything it's a meta gag to try to point out uh, it's, it, they're trying to make fun of their own plot contrivance that off the back of nothing, these guys are willing to join the Navy. 
and then you get a guy who actually points out a very good reason that he shouldn't. But what the hey? It's it's them going. It's writers going. We're just doing this because we need the story. We're not going to. We don't give a shit about reasons. <laughs> it's just happening. The deer hunter thing for me as a kid, I had no idea what was going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The deer hunter gets parried in a lot of things, and yeah, it, it took a lot. A lot of movies suddenly made sense to me once I had finally seen the deer hunter. Yes, definitely. Uh, Homer goes away. See you in a week. So I was only going away for a week. Well, he's supposed to be anyway. Yeah. I guess he is still only away for a week. Um. Yeah, I Maybe suppose. time was cut short. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, it's only but... war games. So, oh, well, hang on. No, sorry. This is a, We're not even at the war game stage yet, are we? It was just training. Um, it does seem like a very short introduction to Navy. All right, you thumb-sucking worms. Let's get one thing straight. Your mamas ain't here to help you. Mine is. Uh... This is just every typical drill sergeant in any Navy movie ever. Mm. The only tough thing about a drill sergeant in a... It's hard to do it in a PG-rated show because they're always going to... Like, you could try to make fun of the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, but it's never going to be as entertaining as watching the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket because he's allowed to use all of the swear words. And But the thing is, though, is what he's saying in Full Metal Jacket funny or is it just because he's saying the F-bomb oh. whatnot in between? Like, a lot of Eddie Murphy's content, like, like Raw and stuff, if he wasn't dropping F-bomb left, right and centre, would it be as funny? Uh, yeah, I think so. But like the swearing is just part of it. It adds emphasis. Um, would Jerry Seinfeld be as funny if he did swear? Probably. It's just a, you know. It'd be funnier. It's just the method of delivery. Oh, I'm not saying it's funny. Swearing doesn't equal funny. Um, but it's edgier if nothing else. And a, a, the idea, a drill sergeant character particularly is about how aggressive they can be. So you got someone that, you know, direct quote, I'm going to cut your balls off so you can't, so you can't contaminate the rest of the world. Um, that is always going to have more edge than what any PG version of that character can do. By the way, um, so, oh, so we get Barney's uh, mother here, but I've got a conspiracy theory. All right. Conspiracy. Oh, theory. good. Four finger discount exclusive. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave the Kamp- room for a while. <laughs> Leon Kampowski was actually Barney with his head shaved. Mm, let me bring that up. Yeah, it looked pretty similar. They are the same person. Leon was a bit taller, I reckon. Oh, that's true. But, I mean, just when he's sitting down in that chair, that's just Leon Kampowski, right? Yeah, I suppose. I never realised just how identical their faces were. Yeah, no, like, yeah, as far as in profile goes, they are very much the same. Uh, <laughs> gets his hair cut. Oh, but, no way, man, my hair is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get the, the the scene with the home. There's so many unanswered questions about this. Like, why is it there in the first place? Was he How super get imposed? Photos? Why is home opposing? Yeah, yeah. Like, has Barney done some photoshopping, or this did, is pre-photoshop? Like, you know, Homer and Marge have maybe gone in together to do well, pre-photoshop. Like, you could still manipulate a photo in the '60s. It just had to be. There were no. Just, there were still programs. It just wasn't easily yeah. accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, did Homer and Marge go in for a boudoir photo and he thought it'd be funny to just get one and then somehow that got printed and leaked? It's just, just it's, the joke doesn't go anywhere. It just does not need to be there. It's just one of the, it's, for me, it's just one of the eye-rolling moments. It's like, I don't know. It just, it's, you know it's what just, sells it for me, though, is the way they animated Homer when he sees it. He's just got a very puzzled look on his face, which kind of fit the scenario. He's got it. He's got a scared look on his face. If you saw someone, one of your mates, put a picture up of you in a dress nah. that you don't remember had the photo being taken, 
Oh, that's nothing. I don't remember what I did yesterday. Uh, so we get the drill sergeant again hanging shit on all the uh, soon-to-be Navy SEALs. A poo, not a poo, sorry, uh, Mo wearing the hat. <laughs> not, not quite Navy SEALs. That's the fair step above what these yeah, guys you know are getting I mean. trained for. Oh, for the love of... Uh, a seagull took my sailor hat. All right, Simpson. I don't like you, and you don't like me. I like you. Um, all right. You like me, but I don't like you. Maybe you would like me if you got to know me. What, are you a comedian? Well, I'm no Margaret Cho, but I do a pretty fair Columbo impression. Ah, uh, one more thing. <coughs> I should get a glass of water. Uh, this is actually great. So, you don't like me, I don't like you. I like you. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I, I did like this. The diffusal... Oh, sorry. The diffusing of the drill sergeant's anger. That was pretty funny. Uh, it goes on a little bit too long, though, of Homer trying to do the impersonation and whatnot. But, I don't know. It's just Homer being annoying. Mm. Then he ties... Now, now we just get... This is basically where the, the clips start, where it's just funny clip, funny clip, funny clip, funny clip. There's no really sort of much... There's not much story progression at this no. point. It's just the tying the sheep shank and whatnot. The, the naval yard being set on the edge of a waterfall was kind of funny. Because yes. I was looking at it going, well, that boat wouldn't be drifting off that quickly. And then, poof. One of the great things, this has one of the great cut to commercial breaks, though, with the uh, World War One recreational, uh, historical yeah. recreationist. Recreationist, yeah. Oh, God, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back. And finally, we get the, the earring. So, Milhouse so was actually uh, a trendsetter here in this episode. He was the first one. Yeah, that's true. Fashion for very often. Yeah, not very often that Milhouse gets to be the trendsetter. So he gets the earring and Bart doesn't want any part of it at all. He thinks that, you know, only my mum wears earrings, blah, blah, blah. Gets on the school bus and everyone's just like, holy shit, that's the coolest thing ever. We get a reference to Bartman here. Pretty cool. Oh, sorry, can I say I was a little uncomfortable about 10-year-old Milhouse saying, I think she's hot. That, that's another one of the things where I roll my eyes, actually. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't work for the age or for the... No fact that Millhouse has no real sexual like it just it just wasn't right anyway i feel like by this point though they have bart behave older than what he actually is yeah say yeah. about lisa as well yeah anyway. i know but still hey look Millhouse has an earring Millhouse, Millhouse, Millhouse. hey if you want cool check this out everybody if you can do the bartman check your body turn it out if you can can't do the bartman yeah that is so 1991. I don't think Bartman's ever been uh, referenced on the show before. Uh, has it ever played in the background maybe? But yeah, I um, I was thinking about this. How Imagine how bizarre this would be if you're one of those kids and you in, you exist in a world where you've never heard the Bartman before and suddenly this <laughs> kid gets onto a bus and starts dancing and singing about himself. Like, if you think that's cool, check out this. Like, like that would be the end of anyone talking to that child. For the rest of, <laughs> in the real world, yes. For the rest the of his though, days at school. The thing is, though, in Springford, it obviously did exist because Ralph remembers it. Well, he says, well, yeah, but maybe he just says the style is so 1991. Oh, okay. Well, that's not the joke they were going for there, but it was a bit odd that they were referencing something that doesn't actually exist in the Springford universe and Ralph knew it. I don't think Ralph was the right... I, Ralph was the right person to say this in the sense that he's the kid that is like the least popular, mm. but... It just felt weird having Ralph hanging shit on somebody when we've just had this little wiggy. Particularly when they've just... Yeah, like him and Bart were good friends. Also, when later in the episode, we're going to have Ralph connect his head to his shoulder with his earring. That is true as well. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, they're very like as we discussed last week. Very inconsistent with Ralph. Then Principal Skinner, and this is this is what happened when kids had things like when boys had earrings because 1998 boys having earrings, mm. teachers weren't having any of it, were they at school? No. Uh, recently, in the last couple of years, there's been a spate of this with haircuts, you know, and like beards. Be- yep, beards definitely for the uh, for the children that developed much faster than I did. Girls wearing shirts, God forbid, and girls wearing mm-hmm. shorts. That's a big deal. Oh, that was a big deal. It's not anymore. But there was, I remember there was an uproar because a girl wanted to wear what boys' clothes. It's like, it's just shorts. It's not boys' clothes. Girls can wear shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. All, all of that silly stuff that schools waste their fucking time and energy on. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but uh, what does he say? He says, I'm a, he's a vampire. It's also covered, so he's allowed to do it. Then we get Homer. So it's very much like the, uh, you know, Mr. Plough and everything else where he gets into his uniform. Oh, I loved this. Um, yeah. That that little sequence was it felt the getting dressed sequence felt really similar to A Few Good Men, another Navy movie. Mm. Uh, before, ah um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Jack Markinson. No, but not not Jack Nicholson. It's before Markinson kills himself. He gets dressed in his full Navy whites, and there's it's particularly when Homer um, fixes the the sword. It looked very similar to that shot. Homer actually does rock. I know he's only in his underwear, but he does. He, he rocks the navy outfit. I reckon. I like that he's taken a bit of fun with it. Yeah, and yeah. Mar- Marge's little giggle with permission granted. She's having a great time. Yeah, <laughs> and imitating the bugle as well. Marge. Yeah. It's also the exact sort of cheesy pickup line that a husband and wife would use when they've been, you know, or like when they're spicing it up a little bit. Like it's just yeah, that, that was perfect. When you're doing things like this, not that Nicole and I have ever actually done it, but I just just imagine if you're doing stuff like this. The cheesier, the better. It's all part of the fun. Yeah, I think so. It just breaks the ice because you kind of feel the, the person who's dressing up would kind of feel a bit weird. But once it's once you know someone cracks a bad joke, it's like, all right, it's on for young and old now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're into it. They go to yeah, they go to the veterans of unpopular walls hall, two war story minimum. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would love to go to a place like this where it's just like an RSL essentially, where they're just there telling old stories. Because man, there must be some fucking great stories out there. So even like people in Geelong, I'm sure there's, you know, war veterans that live in Geelong that just have so many untold stories. I would just love to sit there and just just absorb them. Mm. Well, uh, you buy yourself a motorbike and join the Vietnam Riders Club. There's one way in, or just pop down to an RSL. We should do that. Do a live uh, an OB from an RSL. An OB. What's what? What's this? What do you call this podcast? I'll tell you a war story. I was on PT 109 with John F. Kennedy. I was the first to discover his terrible secret. HB9 Berliner. <gasps> He's a Nazi! Get him! That was very funny. I was the first to discover his terrible secret. Then Bob Denver, who everyone knows from Gilligan's Island. He actually yep. played this. He was actually here uh, doing some stand-up. And you notice here Homer's the only one wearing a hat in the entire audience. I guess that makes ah. him stand out from an animating perspective. Well, yeah, I suppose it does. But Marge being right next to him probably does as well. Maybe um, it's more just so he could get in and then I'm going to womp him with my hat. <laughs> you kind of feel bad for Bob Denver here, don't you? <laughs> A little bit. Stop doing that. That hurts. So Bart's shopping around for uh, earrings. This is very, I say dated, but it's not. It's just a product of its time again where Starbucks were like just taking over everywhere. This was yeah. before everyone had a coffee shop. Like Starbucks was just the the only oh, coffee in town. Well, well, 
franchise-wise. Pull up a little bit because in America, in certain parts, Starbucks is still the main coffee shop in town. Like you've been to New York. There are fuck all independent cafes compared to the amount, or at the very least four years ago when I was there. Like I reckon Starbucks outweighed other coffee shops. Like, I don't know. It felt like eight out of 10 were a Starbucks. The fact that they make spend so much time building this joke just makes me think that this must have been the period of time where Starbucks was really starting to take a stranglehold over yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I do like that though, like five minutes, this place becoming a Starbucks. And then as yes. Bart walks out, drinking a coffee. One of the uh, more memorable quotes from Bart here, sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> and you can understand a father in 1998 being annoyed that his son is now sporting an earring and being proud of it. Um, well. 21 years ago. Yeah, I guess it's a more conservative time. Um, I think anyone though, if a ten-year-old went out and got themselves an ear pierced without telling you, you'd probably a ten-year-old, yeah, yeah, you'd be a little annoyed. Yeah, you would be. I think even if your daughter got it done, you'd be annoyed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like, hang on a second. It's, it's there's something inherently adult about having, maybe not so much on little girls, like, but like for them to make the decision on their own, there's something that's kind of adult about that. And I reckon that's a decision that parents want to steer their kids through. I say this not having a child, but I get the vibe that it's like, if you're going to do that, I want to be a part of and have some control in the direction of how it plays out. Yeah, I think parent, a lot of parents, I know I would be, I'd be in the sense that like, I wouldn't care that they want to get an earring. I would just want to be the, I just want them to let me give them permission to do so. Yeah. Because once they start doing things like that without your permission, you feel like you're starting, not lose them, but you're, you're losing that control of them in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a sign of them growing up. And, and I think that more than anything is why parents don't like it. I mean, Nicola wants to put Elliot in daycare and even that's upsetting me. The little dude's growing up. <laughs> <laughs> He's finger painting at a two-year level. <laughs> uh, I like the way they, they put a twist on the, if Milhouse jumped off a cliff, Milhouse jumped off a cliff, I'm yeah. there. <laughs> uh, Homer's just furious Get back here You're a st- bit harsh You're a disgrace to the family Not really And it's pr- proud yeah. naval tradition <laughs> Yeah Bart thinks he's going to be The most popular kid at school now It's not very often That Bart has to copy Milhouse I don't think that's ever happened No I don't think it would have either No no But then turns um, out That every single person there Has got an earring Except for yeah. one person Who is it? Uh, Lisa Lisa Yes well played Yes <laughs> Um, and then we get Ralph, like you said, with his, his two hours. Next weekend, we're having our annual war games. Now, Simpson, because of your many years as a nuclear technician, we're putting you on a nuclear sub. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Oh, whatever. Nuclear. This gets referenced a lot as well. It's pronounced nuclear. Nuclear. Now, Nuclear. Nuke, 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 I, know, I can't pronounce it. Nuclear. That's not how you actually say it. It's just hard to pronounce it the incorrect way. <laughs> uh, it's not how you actually say it unless you are George W. Bush. Um, some very good footage of him. Did he say that at this time? Was that this, Is that a reference to this? Or? No, 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 no. So George Bush Jr., um, when he was president, there's footage of him talking about Iran. Um, and yeah, him saying, like, we, uh, we do not want them to have the, uh, the knowledges of how to build a nuclear weapon. Or the capacity to build a nuclear weapon. Nuclear, nuclear. I can't even say it. <laughs> no, which is good. It's, it's yes. Like if you can't pronounce a word because you can't pronounce the word incorrectly, that's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for. So, so 
is it actually war games just without the weapons? Is that what this is? Like yeah. fake war games? Yeah, they're like military exercises, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think there's a really... I, I just love the design of Homer in his Navy gear. He, he just... It suits him, in my mm. opinion. Like the hat and everything. Um, Lisa says, please be careful. Um, it's like a game could hurt me. This is a cool reference. Damn you, rock'em, suck'em robots. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, there's, if there's enough space for his head to be in the middle, then the game wouldn't work because they wouldn't yeah. be hitting each other. Actually, I will say that this scene feels very Crimson Tide um, with the mm, rain pounding the down, the coats, all that sort of stuff. Is, yes, feels yeah, very that's, similar. That's, that's the, yeah, you're right. It's the coat and everyone, yeah. Well, I guess that's everyone. Except Earring Boy. Come on, Dad. Didn't you ever do anything wild when you were a kid? Well, when I was 10, I got my ear pierced. But this is completely different. Fine, take it. Now, originally, the ending was going to have Bart sneaking onto the ship, onto the sub. So I'm assuming that Bart would have been the one that saved the day, or Bart would have said, here, take my earring, it'll fix it, kind of thing. Mm. Um, but they decided they couldn't find a way to make it funny, so that's why they just gave him the earring here. Yeah, I'd say so. Now we get introduced to Captain Tennille. <clears throat> I'm a man of few words. Any questions? Uh, is the poop deck really what I think it is? <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. What's a jib? <laughs> Promote that man. What do you think of coming up now, the, the in the Navy reference? Um... It's pretty out there. Having uh, Smithers just randomly dancing next to them and whatnot, it's it's pretty outrageous. But it just it fits this episode, though, I guess. Yeah. Again, this was something that made me laugh when I was younger. I think the only thing that's jarring about this is that it's rare that The Simpsons has a musical number that isn't original. Like, like they just turn into a film clip for thirty seconds. Well, it's only like 20, 10 seconds, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's an actual song. Yeah. Yeah, where they so all it, where they all do a big song and dance to it, yeah. Yeah, like it felt very un-Simpsons. Would you say that the gay steel mill was similar? That, but that wasn't really a song and dance. No, it was just, but it's, it's but it is. It's just them dancing to a song. But. but yeah, like that was in in room music. So no, like there's lights and you know it makes sense because there's presumably there's speakers and yeah. that sort of stuff. Like where the fuck's the mean. music coming from on the outside of a submarine? Like yeah. So, like, it just, and again, like, not right or wrong. It's just, it just felt different to anything that they'd done before. It stands out. Then we get one of your favourite scenes. You hear that? The whales are hungry. Homer, join us. Thank you. Tell me, young man, what do you want out of life? I want peace. Uh, we all want peace, but it's always just out of reach. Ooh. Uh-huh. So... What's the best way to get peace? With a knife. Exactly. Not with the olive branch, but the bayonet. Oh, Simpson. You're like the son I never had. And you're like the father I never visit. Sir, I was running a diagnostic and there was an obstruction in torpedo tube number one. I'll take care of it. Oh, what the hell. Simpson, while I'm gone, you're in command. Me? Him? Yes. Maybe it's the salt water in my veins or the... Nitrogen bubbles in my brain, but I've taken a real shine to you. What is it particularly about that scene that you love the most? Um, just the fact that these two men are so clearly oblivious to each other, but they end up on the same path somehow. It's just... There's something charming about their relationship, isn't it? 
Yeah. I also like the way that Homer manages to balance five or six peas on a knife. <laughs> yeah, true. While on a boat. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, like but he's a submarine you wouldn't rock as much, though. Surely you're not dead still, though. Yeah, I've never been on a submarine. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be too scared, I think, to go on a submarine. I have a fear of deep water. I don't yeah, like it at all. Pretty intense. I feel like I'd get claustrophobic in a submarine. Yeah, for um, sure. Just for, I'd be very aware of the impending ocean cr- trying to crush the vessel I was in. Uh, uh, even the way, like, uh, who, who plays the uh, who plays Captain Tennille? What's his name? Uh, Steiger. What's his first name? Rod. Rod Steiger. I love the delivery of the, oh, what the hell, Simpson? While I'm gone, you're in command. Yeah. Like, it's just just a delivery of it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's something kind of um, brotherly about it. Well, even, even fatherly. Yeah. Like he wants to scruff his hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he still had some. Why? This is a question. It might sound ridiculous for asking this, but why do they shave their heads? Conformity. Just to is try that the, to... It's just, just yeah. to conform. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just to crush all personality. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. I I have a question. Uh. If I was to borrow a um. If I was to borrow from the rewatchables, pick a nits. Why is the fucking captain of the ship the one that cl- checks out the torpedo blockage? Well, Barney was supposed to be the one that does it. But here's the other thing. I've just noticed. Why does Barney have hair? Well, but that's another kind of movie trope. That you don't have hair. Homer's got his hair back as well. You oh, don't yeah. have hair in Shit. basic training, but then generally by the time you've been shipped off, your hair's grown back. Okay. I thought it was like two weeks. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So he notices Barney's asleep. Tamoxanil. Uh, <laughs> yes. It would have been cool if they had a found, uh, reference that in there somewhere. Um, you got to poke Barney with a stick according to his mum. His mum is very unsettling. But yeah, so then like you said, Captain Tennille has to go in and check for himself. Finds all the contraband. Does contraband? <laughs> Homer, we got an enemy sub closing in fast. Uh, what do we do? Fifteen seconds to collision. We need a decision. What would you, Captain, say in my spot? Don't fire the torpedoes! Fire the torpedoes! We've been hit by an officer. They're going to fire on us. We'll respond in kind. Fire! Not me, a torpedo! There's no need to panic because they're not going to actually do anything. It's just well, training. Well, yeah, them. it's war games and suddenly Homer jumps to fire the torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fire the torpedoes. Well, this says here 15 seconds to collision. We need a decision. Were they, what were they going to do? Drive into them? Well, yeah, that's true. Like, turn left. <laughs> yeah. but go yeah. Go up. What were these other? What was the other person thinking though? Where'd they come from? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of ineptitude going on in the Springfield Navy. Well, it's not just Springfield; it's wherever the other place is from. Uh, or was or, 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 or the war games like different parts of the Springfield Navy Ogden, against Ogdenville. each other? I don't know. It could go it, any number of things could happen. Local, yeah. The outer skirts of Springfield. Hmm. Um, don't it's fire the, divisional, the torpedoes. Divisional war games before they make it to the state finals and then nationals. The, the interleague. Uh, don't fire the torpedoes. Fire the torpedoes. I I never sort of realized poor Tennille dies. Yeah, he's dead. He's gone. <laughs> I, just, I just never clicked. I'm like, oh yeah, you got fired to the submarine, but it just never clicked that, oh, no, this guy's dead. Yeah. Well, so are the village people. This episode racks up quite the body count. It does actually, yeah. Smithers um, somehow gets off that submarine. That's a weird thing. Some, somehow got on the submarine. Oh, when it sinks and goes down. Or maybe yeah, when it before. sinks. Yeah, everyone yeah. else comes to... Anyway. You never see it. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Lots of doesn't matter in this episode. Hmm. Uh, on the other ship, if they're going to fire on us, we'll fire on them in kind. Not me, the torpedo. <laughs> uh, and Mohi described losing power as great. We're down to moonlighting here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked this because I really liked the idea that the music was entirely in Homer's head. I feel like, given that no one else reacts, you could mount an argument that he's just humming this to himself and dancing to himself. And if you imagine that Mo and uh, I don't even know if the other lady has a name. I don't know if she's ever addressed. So. Um, but if you can imagine that they're just looking at this man starting to dance in complete <laughs> silence. That's, that's, that makes that scene so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what they're going for, but that's how I'm going to watch it going forward. It's, it's how I wanted to reinterpret it. It's how, like, sometimes you get a moment where you can improve something in your own head. And that was one of them. Now, this was going to be one of my trivia questions. I was going to ask you how many different sea creatures were watching the submarine when Homer yelled out Doe. This was a bit silly to me. The submarine's shaking when he says Doe. It just, it just felt, I don't know, it just felt lame. <laughs> um, I guess it's, yeah, I don't know. They, like, they've already done that joke when he yells fuck out the window. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's never going to get well, better than you that. He doesn't actually say the word fuck, but the way you just said that just sounded hilarious to me. When he yells <laughs> fuck out the window. <laughs> Uh, so now Homer's in charge because he's fired the uh, the um, captain, captain out of the torpedo tube. Mm. Um, really good animation here of Homer rubbing the hat on his face. Another picking nits. Homer's okay. in charge. Homer doesn't know how to be in charge. Homer has the power to delegate the being in charge to someone that knows how to be in charge. No one tells him this though. Mm, true. Okay. I'll accept it and move on. And can you please stop saying picking nits and say nitpicking? Because picking nits just makes me think that you're just picking nits out of your hair. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's that's what that's uh, that's what they call it on I, the ringer. I'm referencing I'm a more <laughs> popular podcast in the hope that it will show up in Google searches if I use their terms. Damage report, Mr. Mo. Sonar out. Navigation out. Radio out. Enough of what's out. What's in? Ice blended mocha drinks and David Swimmer. Yes, he is handsome in an ugly sort of way. Now, this is about the 90s. The most 90s reference you can possibly get on The Simpsons. I Splendid, Mocha Drinks and David Schwimmer are in. Yes. Yeah. He is handsome in an ugly sort of way. It's a pretty spot-on way to describe David Schwimmer. Yeah, I've <laughs> never been able to understand how I feel when I look at David Schwimmer's face. I, I would like to be David Schwimmer because he would have lots and lots of money. I don't know. I, I just feel like he was such a heartthrob in the 90s. But I was think he? that's just because he was... He was, man. In the 90s, He people liked him. Girls... Girls and men love Okay, someone write in. If anyone ever had a David Schwimmer poster on their wall, write in and I'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> of David Schwimmer. <laughs> I, um, I, I just feel like because he was the main show on one of the biggest... He was the main character, I should say, on one of the biggest shows in television. And he was just that love, lovable oaf on the, sh- on the show as well. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't dumb, but he, he was the... Out of no, all the guys he was on, a paleontologist. Yeah, out of all the guys on Friends, I feel like he's the guy that all the girls would want to be with. Like Joey cheats on on women, and Chandler's just constantly sarcastic. I don't think anyone on Friends is someone that you genuinely want to be with. Out of all the characters on Friends, yeah, out of the like, three main men, he's the one. I don't think he is. He's just the lesser of three evils. He's neurotic, he's incredibly self-obsessed, and he left his wife at the fucking altar. Fuck, marry, kill, Ross, 
Joey Chandler. Um, fuck Joey. Fuck Joey. Marry Chandler. Kill Ross. Marry Chandler. Yeah, look, I like the wisecracking attitude. And it worked you are out Chandler. Okay. And it worked out, yeah, pretty much. And it worked out okay for Monica. It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he's hung like a horse as well. Matt Perry or Chandler? Chandler. Okay. Well, you could Google Matt Perry nude and see what comes is, up. I don't is, know. That, is that an episode that I haven't seen? The one with the horse cock? <laughs> uh, Homer's wasting time again. We get this joke quite a bit in The Simpsons where he's just drawing something on a notepad when he's supposed to be doing uh, mm-hmm. putting together a plan. It is pretty funny though. Carry the two. Then we get the Mr. Sulu reference, Star Trek. Aye, aye, Captain. Now, that, that obviously wasn't actually voiced by George Dakai. No. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, this is back in the day, by the way, when no one knew where Springfield actually was, which Springfield it was. But they give a thing away here where it was clearly on the West Coast. Yeah, that's very true. Well, sir, treason season started early this year as a nuclear sub was hijacked by local man Homer Simpson. Oh, my God. I told him that photo would come back to haunt him. Could Homer Simpson be a communist? His father spoke out on his behalf. My Homer is not a communist. He may be a liar, a pig, an idiot, a communist, but he is not a porn star. It's over there. The Soviet Union will be pleased to offer amnesty to your wayward vessel. The Soviet Union? I thought you guys broke up. Yes, that's what we wanted you to think. <laughs> Must crush capitalism. Now, Mike Reese says that he thinks that the Soviet Union uh, clip there was about the wackiest The Simpsons had ever been at that point, up to that point. I think it's it's almost, it's in the argument there that it could be right. It's pretty mm, damn out it's there. It's pretty, pretty out there. The wall popping up out of nowhere, the grass, grass ripping back, tanks coming out from floats, Lenin coming back to life. That, to me, is more of a representation of when the Simpsons change as opposed to Principal and the Pauper. Yeah. Like people, people are pissed off about the Principal Skinner storyline, but that kind of stuff doesn't piss them off. Yeah. So they can suspend the disbelief that Lennon comes back to life, but God forbid that Skinner has a different past. You were one of those people. Don't turn on them. No, I was, but not anymore. You've seen the light. Not for a long time. That's one of my greatest victories of this podcast. <laughs> the next scene could have actually made it into my favorite moments. Um, Skinner just laying out the cold hard truth that they're only saving their best and brightest in the event of a nuclear war. I love the helmet that Skinner's wearing. Yeah, it's pretty great. And no one else is wearing a helmet, just Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> and Sherry, but not Terry. Yeah. Why was Terry on the stage? For the joke. Well, yeah. Doesn't matter. How Doesn't cruel. Doesn't matter. So cruel. Uh, Homer here. So he gets the, the notification that the, uh, the walkie-talkie's going off. He answered the phone like like he doesn't know what's going to be coming. Like, yeah, yep. yeah, like, he's happy. Yeah, <laughs> Barney informs him about the leak down the bottom, and he needs something to fix it up. And then Homer envisions in his head, or he tells everyone to imagine their loved ones, and we get schnookums and whatnot. And oh no, we do get a poo. Here's a poo here. The stupid machine took my money. Don't ever change. Uh, yeah, but he's not on the boat. 
Oh, sorry. Yes, he is. He's yes, imagining he is. their love he's... ones. Sorry. I was, I was like, he's in the quickie <laughs> mart for that scene. <laughs> Idiot. Now, I love the play on words there. Don't ever change. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, and then Sparkle Sparkle realizes yeah. that the earring can fix the hole because, you know, why not? Puts it in. Saves the day. Leaves Barney for dead under the water. <laughs> like, why is Barney happy. hanging out under the water when he can just float up above the water? Uh, I don't know. It's actually pretty similar to the scene in... Um, the boat that rocked where someone doesn't want to let go of their vinyl albums in a sinking yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boat that rocked, fantastic soundtrack. Or pirate radio in some parts of the world, just in case you're curious what we're talking about. Oh, it's got a different title, has it? Okay, great. I really enjoyed that movie when I've, I've watched it years ago, but I, I just remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I had fun. Uh, they come to the surface and this is where we get the infamous It's My First Day scene. Attention, Homer Simpson. You have 10 seconds to explain your actions before we open fire. Uh. It's my first day. <laughs> es mi dia primero. Quack, quack, quack. So Homer has then been... <laughs> He's at a court martial. And they've all done some bad shit in the past and they all have to leave so they can't don't have the authority to reprimand him mm-hmm. now the woman there is sitting at the table but she doesn't get reference she's just gone um so there's five of them one of them's a woman and then uh, four of the guys say why they can't do it and then she's just gone yeah you're right that doesn't feel great <laughs> uh in the like no. what's that um uh is it the Bechtel what's that What's that test about whether or not women have lines in a thing? Anyway, uh, I was more thinking about that before sure. when the other female officer on the submarine, and we don't even know what her name is after watching the episode pretty closely. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. A slight problem. It's like they just had to draw the women. They felt like they had to just draw the women in there, but not actually reference them. Yeah. A bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, then we get the guy who got fired from the power plant. He gets thrown off the train that time, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming through I think sweeping. You're off the hook. Yeah. Homer goes to greet the family once again. He apologizes to Bart, says he was wrong. Bart asks to get tattoos. Happy ending. Everyone's happy. And end Simpson tired. So, as we said at the start, it's got plenty of funny moments to make this a really worthy episode of being declared a favorite by many people. A lot of people I know say this is one of their favorite episodes. And I think it's just because they just, every time they watch it, they get a good laugh. It's just one of the ones where also, as. You can tell from doing the review, you need to switch your brain off because there's too many moments where you go, but what about this? But what about that? Mm. If you don't ask those kind of questions and just enjoy it for what it is, you'll have a great time. Saying that, like you said at the start of the podcast, there's a few moments that make you roll your eyes. Barney with the picture of Homer. Uh, What was the other one you mentioned earlier? Millhouse Millhouse. saying that Marge was hot. Things like that just felt a bit like, but overall, it's a solid episode. What do you think? Yeah, same. It's like a 7 out of 10 if I was to put a number on it. Um, it's funny the whole way through, just if you think too hard about any of it, it falls apart pretty quickly. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, you can't spell dishonorable without honorable. Can't you? Not correctly. <laughs> I learned that torpedo tubes make for a great minibar. <laughs> yes, or snack locker, if you will. Country bear! Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Alrighty, Mitch, who have we got from the mailbag this week? Uh, Hit me. Uh, we have 
Harrison McClure. So uh, a couple, a couple, epi- a couple questions that aren't necessarily episode specific, but they tie into the episode. If that makes sense. So Harrison McClure, have you ever had Starbucks, and how terrible was it? I don't drink coffee, so no. I actually I had a hot chocolate. Actually, that's how I had a hot chocolate. Uh, the morning, one of the mornings, we were in Las Vegas at the bottom of the Planet Hollywood uh, Hotel, and it was fucking horrendous. Did they get your name right? Uh, they, I can't remember. Nicola would have just ordered it for me, but I remember I had a focaccia thing as well, like a breakfast focaccia, okay. and it just was not good. Mm. It was just, it. What you, you know when you can tell you go to a, an independent cafe and you know they've just made it that morning. Yeah, this just felt like something that'd been made three days ago and put in the fridge. Gotcha. Um, so I mean, Starbucks is what it is. Like it, it's takeaway coffee. I, I've never been too disappointed because I know what I'm getting when I order it. Like I set my expectations, uh, but I did have a horrific run of my name being misunderstood when I was in the states. They just couldn't get maybe I don't know if it was pronunciation or accent, but they couldn't get Mitch correct. So Mitch, in frustration, really? yeah, like I was getting called like I was getting things like Hish or Kish, like getting kind what? of vague sounds. <laughs> yeah, just sounds. Shh. Um, then or like Mick. Uh, I got a Mick. I got Mish, M-I-C-H. Then I gave up and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say my name's Richard. You're not going to get that wrong. So, like, what's your name? <laughs> Richard. Even with Midget, a slight, <laughs> slight American accent. Richard. And I got Bishop. Bishop? Yeah. Five minutes later, I'm like, double shot for Bishop? I'm like, fuck <laughs> me, man. Do I look like a Bishop? <laughs> is, is there anybody out there named Bishop? First name. Uh, I'm sure there would be. I'm sure they're not white Australians. Uh, I've got a question here from the from the mailbag from James Hannon. Uh, okay. He starts off by saying uh, this weekend he'll be doing the uh, multiple sclerosis bike ride, 190-kilometer ride split over two days. That's mm-hmm. mighty effort from you, James. He says it'll be the fifth time and the third time that he'll be listening to Four Finger Discount along the way. He really appreciates having something funny to listen to. Uh, now, here's his weird question. You reckon it's weird. He says, which Simpsons character do you think which Simpsons characters do you think are opposites of each other? E.g., Lindsay Nagel, is she the opposite of Gil Gunderson? Lisa, the opposite of Nelson? So, which Simpsons characters do you feel like are opposites? Jesus. Um, well, I, I'll give you one that might be slightly controversial, but Smithers, opposite mm. of Burns. In their beliefs? In everything. Smithers is a generally yeah. like kind-hearted man he just goes along with evil schemes because of how much he loves mr burns he's hooked into that but like he's young virile and has a generally positive outlook and burns is old impotent and cripplingly evil i'll give you that yeah and yet the two shall remain ever entwined in this dance that we call love (laughs) you just channeled like you're in a john lovitz there is that what that was okay (laughs) oh that's that's what the voice sounded like (laughs) yeah uh, but thanks for the question, James, from Alberta, Canada. All the way from Canada. Can't wait to go to Canada one day. Shout out I haven't been there already. Mm. So it sounds like an amazing Yeah, place. actually, I, I, yeah. Uh, Canada is high on my list of uh, want-to-go yes. destinations. It's just uh, like it's really expensive to get there from Australia. Is that mailbag for this week? That's the mailbag for this week. Okie dokie. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our review of Simpsons Tide. Hope you... Or Simpsons or Simpsons? Simpson Tide. Simpson Hope you Tide. enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought of it. Send us in a question. Uh, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you want to be featured in the mailbag, as we mentioned each and every week, if you want to uh, support the show and get access to a bunch of hours upon hours upon hours of exclusive content, 
It's at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. For as little as $2, you can get access into the four-finger discount exclusive Facebook group. And yeah, have a merry old time. I love going to that group. Everyone in there is just an absolute legend. I love each and every one of you. Don't forget also to give us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Just take the time, 60 seconds or so. Just give us a five-star review and tell us what you think of the show. It helps us boost up the rankings on iTunes. Thank you so much to everybody who has been doing that in recent weeks. Next week, we are going to be reviewing The Trouble with Trillions, another episode that I really enjoyed as a kid. Uh, it's the one where the trillion-dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really solid. Uh, it's got one of my funny, one of my favorite visual gags in a long time in The Simpsons, and this one, I really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy Homer trying to feed the trillion-dollar note into the vending machine. <laughs> I, the, the moment that I love, I, I should say now, is the, him getting the rug and lifting the rug and then falling over and then putting the one guy's hand on the other guy's ass and then giggling and running off. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous, but so funny. But anyway, Mitch, final words for the listeners. Uh, I haven't thought of any final words. That's your one job. Why haven't you done that? It's my first day. Shh.